Hey, it's Mel G, and this week on our little podcast, we're going to be talking about Retro Dessert Tuesday, marmalade in all its form, and clowns. If you like the sound of that, then do have a listen to me every Saturday lunchtime from one on Magic. There will be more chat and some great songs thrown in, guaranteed. very much. I was about to say Mick Shrimpton, but then I suddenly realised that was the drummer in Spinal Tap. <laughs> Mick Hucknell. Has he still got uh, that amazing hair, Bush? I'm just wondering. I think it, it's probably gone down a, a couple of stages. Do you think? Yeah, it's not quite as big. Maybe it was quite big, It wasn't was enormous. It? i tell you who else's hair slightly surprised me. Mm. Uh, I was looking him up uh, on, the old, uh, on the old nettles. I can't believe I called it the nettles. I'm sorry. That's terrible. Type it into the nettles. Um, Keith Richards. Yes. He's still looking amazing. But have you seen? He's got. He's still got the kind of amazing scarf headband. Yeah. And then this kind of beautiful shock of silver white hair. Beautiful. He's, he's so cool. And they're going out touring again, aren't they? Rolling Stones in a big tour. Um... Bruddy leaveable. But, you know, he is a guy that is just, he's just got on with it and carried on doing what he wants to do his whole life. I had a ticket to see them. This was years ago. This was in the 80s. Um, I was so excited. They were doing Wembley. Um, the gig was cancelled <gasps> because Keith had apparently been opening a can of tuna. Oh, no. And had split his thumb. Oh, I think I might have remembered that, actually. Do you know what I remember I mean? that, yes. And I, and I thought, how un-rock and roll is that, but also how marvellous. I can't imagine Keith Richards actually eating any protein at all. No, not at all. No, or even doing his own tuna cans. Well, You'd have someone that, to do that, wouldn't you? Exactly. <laughs> if he does not have his own tuna can opener on hand at all times, 24 hours a day, yeah. my name is not Mel Gedroich. Maybe he does his own corned beef. That's a tricky uh, tin to open, isn't it? Corned beef. Well, it's got the rolling... Um, it's got the roller deck, hasn't it's, it? It's got the little... It's the almost key. like... Uh, you know you can get that thing on your phone where you have to from a room it's like a quiz getting a, getting a tin of corned beef opens like that and you, you deserve it it's a key it's with a the, key with the very very sharp edged yes I tell you what I don't like now we're talking about this now we're talking about tin opening I don't like and I know they've been in for a long time yeah the newfangled as I like to call them mm. um, things on a, on a fizzy drink the little ones they used to be bigger oh you prefer the old school yes. ring pull they used to be the size that you could marry someone with. You could yeah. make them into a wedding ring. <laughs> yes. And now they're like, like these little <laughs> tiny, very stiff yeah. appliances. Mm. Could you get that on the fourth finger? No, you couldn't. No, you couldn't. I used to wear them as like magic wizard rings when I was a kid. Can a quattro and you're a wizard. Thanking you. <laughs> uh, now, Bush, I have something I need to discuss with you. Okay. It's been a worry this week. Now, have you been recently on a train... Um, they're mainly the trains that go from the south to north and back uh, of GB. Yes, I have. In fact, uh, just last weekend. Oh, did you? Just last weekend. So where did you go? Uh, we went from London to yeah. Exmouth, where my parents live. Okay. Good. Yes. Um, right. I was on one recently going up to uh, Manch yeah. and um, happened to sit in the loo on one of these trains mm -hmm. and I got really, really annoyed. I got really annoyed. I'll tell you for why. Uh, they do a sort of comedy message about what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do in the loo, but then they make it into a gag. Have you heard it? I think I know what you mean, yeah. It, this is written on the wall, isn't it's it? It's written on the wall, mate, and yeah. there is also somebody saying it. I think it's Billy Crystal. 
Really? Yes. <laughs> Billy Crystal giving you advice in the loo. Yeah, I think it was Billy Crystal. So it goes something like, uh, do not put, you know, whatever it is, female products down the loo. Da, da, da. Don't put your boyfriend's jumper, your goldfish, your lost dreams. Yes. All that stuff. <laughs> I almost got up mid-business yes. to have dealings with the old, uh, you know, speaker to try and rip it out and stop it. You almost did a little protest, walk away. I got away. salty. I got very, very salty, Bush. Do you know what this is, right? And I think you've highlighted something that is quite an annoyance of the modern world. And that <sighs> is when companies try to informally talk to you like they know you and they're your best mate. On packaging, for example. Yes. On smoothie packaging. Hey, you. Oh, hey, you. Why not check yeah, it out? I was reading some ingredients on a smoothie package the other day. Yeah. Literally, and it said, this contains five raspberries, two gooseberries, one apple... And no bass guitars. I know, it's like, come on, mate. For Pete's ruddy sake. Treat us like adults. I'll tell you another one. There's a mobile phone company that I won't name on this show who writes you like they're your busy mates as well. Oh, no. So what kind of thing? Hey, how's it going? We just noticed we hadn't heard from you for a while. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, get lost. We're not pen pals here. Is this a sign that we're getting old, Bushy? I think it might be. I think I feel like almost this is a letter that you would write to. Do you remember That's Life with Esther Ranson? Lovely. Mate, do I remember it? Oh, of course I do. Get some bloke saying the letter for you out loud. Paul Heine. <laughs> That's it. I loved it when Leona Lewis uh, went to Beijing to do the handover prior to us hosting the 2012 Olympics. Everyone was slightly laughing at what happened. It was a double decker bus, and inside it, Jimmy Page playing Whole lot of Love and oh, Leona yeah. Lewis on a sort of extendable um, <laughs> thing that took her up above the crowd. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I think that's saying the rest of the world, look, here in the UK, this is the best we've got. Yeah, and David Beckham then appeared and kicked some balls out of the front of the red bus. <laughs> I was crying, lads. <laughs> anyway. Sounds perfect. Thanks. Just wanted to get that in. Uh, Melgy on Magic, it is indeed Saturday afternoon, the best afternoon of all of the seven days of the week. Hope you're having a cracking weekend. Now, in case you don't know what the Ledger of Legends is, let me explain, my darlings. Um, Every week, we like to nominate something that never really gets the full trumpet it deserves. Yeah, Yeah, we're bigging them up. Exactly. Uh, Today, Bush, and I'm going to hand this over to you to do your inimitable drawing. (sighs) Drawing. 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 Um, I'd like to nominate something today, which I I have imbibed a lot of. In the last Ooh, couple of weeks. Okay. Marmalade. Really? Oh, my days. You know, very weird you should say that because my daughter Erin has started having marmalade all the time now since maybe seeing Paddington. Paddington. That's what it is, I think. Yeah. Whenever I bite into a marmalade uh, snack, I think a few grant. Yes. And that, my friends, is a good thing. Dreamy. What's your favourite <laughs> type of marmalade then, Mel? What are you going for? Hugh Grant. <laughs> Hugh Grant. Extra thick cut Hugh Grant. Um, I like a really dark, tangy, yeah. with lots of peel in Do it you? marmalade. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to muck about with the sort of very pale, or almost the bits are in there as an excuse or I like an apology. That kind of stuff. You know, like dirty marmalade, bad marmalade. I love bad marmalade. I love bad marmalade. Really bad. You know, B and B. It's there on the side of the plate if you want it. Marmalade. That's what I like. Dark treacly, 
very viscous. Yes. That's what I like. Yeah, if, if you took the tin or the pot away, it'd stand up on its own right. Absolutely. Yes. Like a pair of flares in the 70s when you'd wash them. Yes. You just leave them standing in the garden <laughs> on their own. I remember that very, very vividly. Um, now, listen ye up. Bush, can I pass you the ledger of ledge? Can you please render the dirty marmalade yes. in all of its gloire? Podcast time, Mel. Hey. Podcast. Pod, pad, pid. <laughs> Don't know Cast. what that was. <laughs> right, here we go. A letter, uh, a letter, a message from someone in our office for you. Yes, my dear. Uh, dogs with neckerchiefs, yay or nay? Nay. Absolutely 100%. I, listen, I'm not a dog owner yet. Ah. More of that and on. More and on. Uh, but... The dog clothing thing in general. It seems to have become a bit of a thing in recent times, hasn't it? Do they actually need clothes? They seem to have done all right without clothes for most I of mean, their lives. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Do they actually need clothes in a cold snap? I what's, suppose... the, what's the point of a neckerchief anyway on a dog? What do they do? <gasps> oh, it's just to look cute. Is it? I, 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 I'm saying no, mate. I'm, I, mean, I, I know that's a bit of a boring answer and it's not very podcasty, is it? Because what I should do now really is riff on the dog neckerchief for about five minutes. But I've nothing to say on it. I think they're silly and I don't think dogs should wear them. That's very tell-mel about you, I think, it's isn't it? It's quite tell-mel, mate. How do you feel? Well, um, our friends Kate and Martin came over to visit us about two or three weeks ago and their little dog, uh, Baxter, who's a lovely little dog. That's a great name for a dog. Cool little dog. Yeah. Uh, but he had what can only be described as a mini aviator's jacket. You know, like you might wear oh. if you were in Top Gun. Oh, no. He had a little fur collar and everything. What? But he was happy as Larry in it and what? he couldn't wait to get in it. What sort of, what's he loved it. What sort of dog is he? He's a little um is it Yorkshire Terrier? But yeah, he looked like a mini uh a mini F sixteen pilot. Like, like um sort of um uh what's that film in in uh, it's that amazing film about World War Two with David Niven? June, June. World at War. Matter of Life and Death. Oh, Matter of Life and Death. Did he look like David Niven in Matter of Life and Death? Yeah, he had a big furry collar on him. Uh, and it, all he needed was a pair of like mirrored aviator Ray-Bans and he'd have been there. But Top gear. Isn't it, gun. Isn't it constrictive for a little dog? I don't know, he loved it. D- so is there he, a zip and buckles and stuff? He's got a zip up the front and oh. if you want, you can put his back legs in it as well. So he's got an entire outfit. Oh, for... <laughs> I kind of loved it. For Pete's sake. Honestly, after a couple of beers in the pub near the beach, I nearly made him an offer for it because I like the jacket so much. <laughs> I'll take the jacket off you now for £15. Has he got a little wardrobe, like a sort of Build-A-Bear wardrobe with, with all those silly little things in? I think he's got some stuff. He's got some kit, Baxter. But he's a very well-dressed dog, so, you know, fair play to him. He's got his own fashion line, virtually. Oh, my days. Bush, I know, we're very good friends and, uh, you know, we often think <laughs> the same thing on certain topics. This, I, I, I sense there's a bit of a schism. I think there's, we're going to have to agree to disagree on this. <sighs> I like to think, I hope, that, you know, 97% of the tunes on our show are strong. Yeah, I reckon we'll take a 97, 96% hit rate. Yeah. If you don't like that 4%, then, you know, that's just one of those things and we'll try and work on that. Yeah. The 4% might be the Lighthouse family in it your might be. case. Yeah, it does come around. But I do, I do love the Lighthouse family, so there. Oh, oh, oh. hello there. <laughs> Now it's time for Bush's Red Letter Day. It's Saturday. Bush, we know what day it is, but what day is it, Bush? Come on. Well, Mel, you're not going to believe this. I'm not just talking about a day today. I'm talking about a whole month. 
I like it when you wheel in a month. Wheel in a month. It's barbecue month. Oh, hello, sailor. Love barbecues. You've got little barbecues going on at the uh, G household? Yeah, man. Love a good barbecue. I love a barbecue. Are you in charge of the barbecue or other half? Military dads? Annoyingly, annoyingly not. I would love to don the glove. We have a glove, which is like a gauntlet, which goes up to sort of... um, I was about to say waist, but that's clearly not right. <laughs> elbow. Goes up to the elbow. Love it. It's like a massive medieval gauntlet. Uh, yeah. Do I ever get to don it? No. That's not fair, is I it? I know, mate. It's sexist. Well, listen, I've got three amazing <laughs> facts about barbecues for you, Mel. You're going to love this. First fact, the first McDonald's was actually a barbecue restaurant back in the day. Stop it. That is so true. With Ronald with the, wearing the gauntlets, probably. Probably got a gauntlet on barbecue and stuff. Wow. Saying it's going to be another ten minutes. I'll put it in the microwave, just double check. Uh, Here's an amazing fact. In 2009, researchers found mammoth ribs in a four-foot cooking pit that appear to date back to 29,000 BC. Oh. So they actually cooked ribs back then, possibly. 29,000? BC. Apparently the the area was also covered with shells, which made archaeologists believe that maybe they were doing surf and turf. Oh, that's marvellous. Isn't that marvellous? Any whiff of a marinade? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Were they sticky ribs? I think they might have been sticky ribs. Mammoth ribs? Imagine, oh, imagine that. That would be unbelievable. Imagine that down the middle of the table, you've all got your bibs on, and oh. a tankard of mead or ale or whatever they used to drink in caveman times each. Actually, I don't think mead was around then, was it? Oh, it probably was in some sort of form. I really? mean, bees have been around for millions of years. Oh, Okay. I've got oh, one last is, fact. I've got one, law, one more for you. Yeah, go on. Vora Raphilia is the name given to those people who are... Oh, can I, I better not do this. I thought it was scared, but it's aroused by the thought of a barbecue, of being grilled and eaten. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I didn't realise that was the fact. I thought it was people who are scared of barbecues. And it's just gone in. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks so very sorry. much for those three. Um, Bush, how's your week been? Thank you for asking, Mel. Um, Come on. I, I, to go from the sublime to the ridiculous, I just want to talk very quickly about choc dips. Do you remember choc dips? Oh. I used to love choc dips. Now, is that the little dip which has the breadstick to go with? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. Do you remember those? Yeah, Rip the yeah. lid off, have a little breadstick yeah. dip in the chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we had one of those for the first time in about, I've probably about 20 years during the week. Yeah. And it oh. g- gave me a great idea because... Sometimes you kind of get into the same routine in life, then you eat the same kind of grown-up stuff. Yeah. But, okay, let's not really have any chocolate dessert, yeah. let's have a yoghurt or whatever. Yeah. And there was something about having a retro dessert that made me think that we should do a weekly night of it. What about retro dessert night, Tuesday nights every week in your house? Angel How good would that Delight, be? mate. Angel Delight. <sighs> oh, and I haven't had Angel Delight for about 30 years. What's your favourite Angel Delight? I've got to think I've got to go to the pink one. No, for that, no, that too sweet. That, that would be the strawberry one, Is it, it strawberry? Yeah. For me, it's butterscotch all the way. I think I've ever had butterscotch angel delight. Is it all right, though? Is it nice? Not really, but it's just... (laughs) There's something about it which just... It just fills a hole. Is it dirty again? Are we going Mm. back to dirty marmalade from earlier on? There's something about the kind of... uh... It's chemically, it's 70s, and it's absolutely filthy. What about so, just other retro desserts? Think back into your into your oh. childhood. A bit of Viennetta on a Tuesday, oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You see, that's that's the upper echelons, though, isn't that it? That is quite posh, actually. It, isn't it, really? Mm. I'm I'm talking um I'm talking an Arctic roll, mate. I was gonna say Arctic roll. From B Jam, which no longer exists. <laughs> B Jam. 
Do you remember well, B Jam? B Jam. B Jam was the precursor of Iceland. Yes. Everything in freezers. Everything in freezers. Not, not interested. If it's not in a freezer, we're not interested. Yeah. We're not having it in here. I, I really love an Arctic roll. Love a, an Arctic roll. A cheap sponge. Yes. A very, very cheap sponge. A thin layer of jam. You can hardly call it jam. It's just red chemicals. It's a hint, an and insinuation. Then, and then some appallingly cheap ice cream within. So good. I think we might hit upon the thing. So if you've got any other suggestions for oh. retro dessert night round yeah. at our house, let us know. I love the way it has to be Tuesday as well. It's got to be Tuesday. It's got to be Tuesday. Not doing it any other day of the week. Of course. I'm still salivating <laughs> about the thought of an angel delight. And I, I've suddenly remembered, Bush, I went to a school friend's, it probably would have been a 10th birthday party uh, in Leatherhead in 1978. And the birthday cake was the best birthday cake I have ever, ever had. Mm. I remember it so clearly, mate. It was a very thick pastry case in a sort of big flan uh, tin. Love a flan. And in it was mint-flavoured Angel Delight. Wow. That's all it was. With chocolate sprinkles on the top and ten candles not able to stand up properly because the Angel Delight doesn't really hold them up. They were just sinking into it. Sinking. And I literally went berserk. That, for me, sounds like a giant uh, elite luxury aero that's been left to melt on a radiator. Oh, aeros. Good old aero. Oh. Other thing for retro food night, retro dessert Tuesday, would you yeah. remember that chocolate sauce that you poured on top of ice cream yes. that set rock hard? That was amazing. That ice was magic. Good, Is that what it's called? Yeah, it was called ice magic. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah. I don't even know if they still do it. Oh, it was really, really nice. Bit of that on top of there as well. Were you ever into semolina? I don't know if I could tell you exactly what semolina was. I just remember being scared of it at school. I, I didn't like the school stuff, but I loved the semolina that my mum made. Really? Which had a massive dollop of, I have to say, dirty marmalade within. Dirty marmalade. And also rice pudding. Is it the same kind of thing as rice pudding? It's I don't sort know. of, it, it, it's less chunky, isn't it, semolina? Yeah. There's more of a kind of uh, viscousy, liquidy. It's the second time I've said viscous on the show. I'm quite pleased with that. <laughs> viscousy um, and liquidy are two things that I look for in a dessert if someone's yeah. trying to describe it to me. <laughs> I'm also going to throw Battenberg in the mix. Battenberg. Which I know is not retro because it's it's an evergreen. But it's from that particular oh, era, isn't it? Oh, my days. It's one of my favourite cakes of all time, a Battenberg. Oh, God, it's so good. I think it's made literally by magic. How do they do that? I don't know. I, I love unravelling it so you get the long strip of marzipan. Yes. Oh, retro Tuesday dessert night, mate. Bring it in. I think it should almost become law. I I want the police to knock on doors and double-check that people are doing it. Yeah, man. And you can be assured of a really good cracking headache on a Wednesday morning. (laughs) I love to do the podcast. I really do. It is the highlight of my week. Uh, Now, good quesi coming up. Uh, Bush, how do you feel about clowns? (laughs) How do I feel about clowns? I don't like them. I think they're sinister, they're weird, there's no... I don't think there's room for clowns in the modern era. Are they funny? No. They've never been funny, have they? They've never been funny. They're they're sad. They are sad. They are sad, aren't they? But you can go, I believe, and train to be a clown in like a French university or something. Isn't there like a school for clowns? Well, there is the famous uh, Jacques Lecoq who is the kind of guru of clowning and miming. Good name for it. I know. Still, I mean, still going. He's got to be in his 80s now. And people, I know somebody, um, a friend of mine at university went for a term 
to wow. the Lecoq School of Clowning and came back <laughs> with some sort of hacky sack tricks <laughs> and quite an annoying uh, range of facial expressions. I bet. Uh, and a bit of no- really subgrade mime. Awful. Wall mime. Awful. Hate wall mime. Um, but you know, there's a sort of new genre of clown which is sort of trendier. So it's not your kind of... Not kind of getting the car and all your, your doors no. and wheels fall off. No. It's, it's more of a sort of... Um, how do you describe it? Um, I mean, my friend's a clown. She's part of a clowning double act and they are absolutely brilliant, called Spitz & Co. They are absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But they're trendy. Oh, okay. So they're and kind of modern yeah, it's, clowns. It's more sort of knockabout comedy, but they do. She will refer to herself as a clown. Now, is there a connection between clown and slapstick? Is, is that similar? Is that the same kind of thing? Yeah. Because yeah, do people I'd who, say so. if you learn to do slapstick, are clowns then considered like the Jedi warriors, the originators of, of <sighs> slapstick or not? Or is it different? Or are they just the sort of the old has beens? Yeah. The most scary clown ever. Um, is it's a film called The Greatest Show on Earth. It's an old Tony Curtis film, and it is a brilliant, really sort of epic film about life in a circus. Mm. And it's, I think it's Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy, like I know him. Or is it, no, it's, yeah, it's, J- it's James Stewart who plays the clown mm. in this circus, and he is absolutely terrifying. Intentionally terrifying or accidentally terrifying? Accidentally. That's when it's at their worst, isn't it? Because he's, yeah, he's really miserable. He's going through a terrible time and all the makeup is sort of sliding <laughs> off his face. It's the makeup, isn't it? It is. There's something weird about it. So are we in agreement then that scal- uh, clowns are just creepy? Yeah. 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 I'm afraid so. Mel G on magic. Time for Tell Mel. You can ask me anything, but don't expect a sort of Anna Rayburn, lovely, cosseted, covered in honey type response. From me, you get the truth, straight from the hip. And the hip, as I've said before, is covered in tweed. Up we go. Hi, Mel, it's Ruth. I secretly hate my mother-in-law. Should I tell my other half? Oh, dear, Ruth. Speaking as somebody who likes to think of themselves as a mother-in-law, although I am not a mother-in-law yet, but I will be soon, hopefully, I think you should have nothing but utmost respect and total adoration of your mother-in-law. Rethink yourself, Ruth. Get yourself some tweed. Sort yourself out. Next, please. Hi, Mel. It's Kelly. Who's better, Marvin Gaye or Lionel Richie? That, my friend, is like asking who's better, Elizabeth I or Elizabeth II. I am not entitled, nay, I don't have the facts at my fingertips to say yay Marvin or yay Lionel. I would say my tweed jodpers are very much straddling the fence at the moment. I love a little bit of Marvin on the side. I love a bit of Lionel in my life. Yes, I like both of them, Kelly. Both of them at all times. Next. All right, Mel. It's Dave here, regular fries or sweet potato fries? Dave, I don't like the way you addressed me there. Hey, all right, Mel. No, Dave. Have we met? Have we met? Have we been formally introduced, Dave? I don't think so. Dave, next time you deign to come on Tell Mel, maybe you will give me the full moniker, which is Melanie, that you and I both know that I deserve. I can't remember your question, Dave, but come again another time. Ah, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Hear more larks like that every Saturday lunchtime from One on Magic. The Mel Gedroyd Show. The Mel Gedroyd Podcast.